There's good news and bad news from the Mike Norvell press conference. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another edition of Locked On Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith. Thank you to all of those that make this your first listen each and every day. We can are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. We are going to be discussing the Mike Norvell press conference, going to have reaction from not just the information that he gave about Jordan Travis and injuries and whatnot, going to talk some defense and kind of handling adversity. One, two, and three for the segments today. It's going to be pretty straightforward because the information was handed to us. Now it's reaction time. So with that being said, Game Time is our sponsor today. Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. So the two main talking points that I was hoping he'd get to really quick, and he did, was just talking about the negatives from the Boston College game and kind of how you overcome them. I'm going to talk about those throughout the show. And then Jordan Travis's situation, what was it, uh, all the things that go into that. Some coaches get really squirmy. I won't go into specific names, but even if it's obvious that somebody's injured, like really hurt, they don't talk about it. Norvell was cool. He let it be known what happened, uh, what he thought about it, and was very direct. So we're going to talk about Jordan Travis's injury. Those things were addressed. So here, here's number one. Let's let's get into the, the mental situation, the defensive lapses, because that's just kind of the order it went. Then we'll, we'll touch on Jordan Travis right there after. Number one, he said like a minute into the press conference, he was most disappointed, I, I think, and me too, eight out of 19 third downs were converted for the Boston College Eagles. Unacceptable, obviously, on any level. Florida State for the year, Looking at my numbers overall, they're not terrible on third down defense at 33% they'd have allowed all year, but eight out of 19 for BC. If they'd have had a pretty good game against Boston College, A, the score would have been greater, and B, that percentage would be below 30% for the year. And Florida State, who's now ranked 40th in the nation on third down defense, would be somewhere in the top 20, quite possibly. So that's not good. And then the second part, not really surprising. He talked about mental focus quite a few times. Really ticked him off. Not only did it didn't get executed on the field, but he said he got caught in the moment. He mentioned that a couple of times. That was the second part of it in about two minutes into the press conference on the squib kick. Florida State saw what they were going to do. They lined up properly, but then when BC adjusted and just kind of popped on right over their heads of the, the initial coverage right there midfield, Florida State reacted terribly. There's no way around it. That's on players more than coaches. And I know Coach Norvell tried to take some of the blame, and maybe they deserve some. But as players, you have to know that when you come up and see what they're going to do, BC didn't really hide. They were going to go for an onside kick with the way the ball was positioned on the tee on the 40-yard line. So they saw and they adjusted, and then BC still adjusted again, and Florida State looked flat-footed. He was disappointed with that all around. I agree. The thing that I liked 
before I go into the Jordan Travis information was just what he said about the effort. He said they had a great practice. So that's good. If you have a mediocre practice right after a game like that, red flag city. I mean, that, that could be multiple podcasts. But if they had a really good practice and you could tell he was pretty energetic about it, that's a good sign. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Now let's talk a little bit about Jordan Travis and the injury. He said that he landed awkwardly, two-minute drill before half. That was obvious. He said he was uncomfortable. That's the key word he used, uncomfortable. But he was able to come back out. He said, you know, was he um, after the game? But I'm not worried about what his health will be moving forward. He, he was sore during during and after the game, but, you know, he's not worried. It's just part of football is basically what Mike Norvell is saying. That's good. He also said he got hit on the last two-minute drive, landed awkwardly. And it did look pretty awkward. I was just worried that there was something mechanically wrong in terms of structure with a joint or something to that nature that would be a nagging injury that would swell up, kind of like an ankle does. You never know with shoulders. I, I've had shoulder pain before. That is really uncomfortable. So that's good news. Now my question, and it didn't completely get answered. I'm not surprised. How much do you feel comfortable to run him against Clemson? Now I know he's not going to announce the number of runs he wants Jordan to have against the Clemson Tigers. I understand. But without that information, and that's flat out the key in my opinion for this next ball game, it's hard to project a ton for this game. And that's why injuries in football are so fascinating. Florida State, like any other team, needs its quarterback to be healthy. There is no shortcut. He is not 100%. He's just bruised up a little bit. But will the Knowles be, if they need to, happy to let Jordan on designed run plays go 10-plus? That's kind of my barometer, the number. I think that's a very big deal because if he, you know what I mean by run plays, there's caveat to this, RPOs, run pass option. He may throw it on most of them. And if that's the better opportunity, by all means, but if they want him to run, and I'm sure they want to because they want to tag him, is he willing to do it? And is the coaching staff willing to do it? I think yes, but we don't have a quote unquote definitive answer from Norvell. That's kind of how I look at it. He, he made some mention of it throughout the press conference, but this is a very definitive situation. Clemson will try to take certain things away from you. I don't think you can really dominate Florida State in any one area because they're balanced. Even Clemson, who's got quite a few talented defensive players, especially their linebacker corps, are very talented. But they're going to try to take something. If they want to make Jordan Travis run, how much does he want to? What's the ball security going to be? Can he take many hits? We're just going to have to find out. That's part of it. But the way Mike's body language was when he was talking about Jordan was probably the most relieving beyond the words. You could tell it was almost like ho-hum. It's just when I had that first, when I'm watching the game and I'm watching Jordan on the ground, I'm like, ooh, that looks, that looks like it could be a multi-game injury because he was squirming around there for a little bit and he's holding the arm. You just don't know. They play on artificial turf up there. It's a little bit cold. It's probably not the softest landing. So I was worried, but fortunately, based on Coach Norvell, that doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. Before I go into segment two, we're going to talk about defensive concerns a little more specifically. I want to note that 
Florida State is in a scenario where people are kind of pointing at him a little bit. I mentioned that in Monday's podcast. Norvell brought that up too. Talked about Keon having the right attitude. He wants to be a major reason that Florida State wins, going on and on and about it. That is very important. Florida State needs guys to take ownership in those scenarios. And good for Keon. And good for Coach Norvell from bringing that up. He didn't have any catches. But when players take ownership and kind of push it behind, get it out of the way, in my experience, that usually, usually leads to success down the road. He seems like a pretty mature kid, but obviously Florida State needs him to be, quote unquote, the guy that can help the run game, can help Johnny, can help Jaheim, everybody get the ball in, in space. It's more one-on-ones. But Keon still has to get the ball and make plays. Just wanted to make mention of this is more of a defensive podcast, but at the same time, it, it's it's a big deal that he's ready to roll and that it's not just like an afterthought. They He brought it up. It wasn't me. That was Coach Norvell. So let's, let's keep that in mind as we get ready to roll in here to segment number two. FanDuel, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports app, sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including player props. You can bet on spreads, over-unders. You can bet half like a halftime. You can bet on a specific player, whatever it is you're looking to do. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The second segment here I touched on yesterday that the offense was what I wanted to start with and I would get to defense Tuesday or Wednesday. Norvell helped me do the Wednesday or the the Tuesday podcast. I just went ahead and did it today on Monday afternoon because I knew with the press conference and the news about about Jordan Travis, people wouldn't want to hear about it. So I just did two today. But here's the really big key. He has concerns, but he he brought it up in one simple simple blow, if you will, like a haymaker in a boxing match. And it's just so true. I, I briefly mentioned it prior, but third downs, they just got smoked. The critical money down where defenses have to make the big critical plays. They gave up like 246, 248 or something like that on third. It was insane. It was one of the rarest stat lines that I can remember seeing in a college or a pro game. Just me. But then I kind of go back and I'm just going through all these stats. I'm a CFB stats guy, in case you were wondering. It's it's a good site. I, I highly recommend it. They do a nice job. It's free and easy. If you just want some basic stats. But I'm going through and like national averages, Florida State's pretty good. Here they're not. I mean, these are just flat out straight up what they are. Again, I'd mentioned earlier, third down, they're 33%. That's not too bad. They've got eight sacks. That's 40th in the nation. Teams are running quick game because they can't handle Florida State's front. So that stat's a little misleading. And by the way, most of the elite teams in college football aren't getting many sacks. Uh, like Nebraska's third in the nation, and Nebraska's terrible. You have to be able to cover and rally to the ball. Speed, speed, speed. That is the name of the game. And then passes defended. They're 13th in the nation with 15. 
So the overwhelming majority of the time, Florida State's doing their job. But when they miss, it is cataclysmic. Like, again, the numbers don't lie. Over 240 yards. You know, it was it was crazy. And I'm not sure what that stems from beyond what I'd mentioned last week with Thomas Castellanos. And while Cade Clemson is not Thomas in terms of athleticism or arm strength, he's a savvy kid and he has more talent around him by a landslide. Namely, Will Shipley, which I'll, I'll mention here in a second. Something that the last point that I'll make for the defense at the end of this segment. There still is something goofy there because they're having mental breakdowns. This is the biggest scare point for any defense. And Mike even used this example. It's one that I like to use. You can have 10 guys knock it out of the park, do their job to the absolute best of their ability. One guy, for whatever reason, it's a miscommunication. It's an error. It's just faulty technique. Whatever fails, if that player's guarding someone that it's the intended target, especially if it's number one or number two on the progression chart, yeah, that's not good. That happened multiple times, and they went for big plays. BC had a couple of guys that could really run, and they, when they got the ball and they saw nobody was around, they were happy to take off. Florida State had mental breakdowns, and he kind of brought that up. I was, we can't see everything on TV in terms of the back end looking at the coverages. It's the one thing that really sucks about TV. I get why they follow the ball, but I need to see the coverage. So it is what it is. And they just – they didn't have good containment on top of that. You give Thomas extra time, this stat with passes defend, it's great, but eventually people are going to get open, even if you have elite corners and safeties in the game and a nickel and a, and a dime and all that. Guys get open. They didn't contain Thomas Castellanos, and they'd have a breakdown every now and then. Anything that could go wrong in a big-picture way went wrong with Florida State. That's on them. That's on players more than coaches, and I know – People don't like to hear that. But if the, if 10 people got the job exactly right and you completely failed, whichever player it might have been on a given play, that's no good. They can't be in that circumstance again. They can't. They just can't. They also can't be in a circumstance where they're going to do anything, quite frankly, that gives them a chance to let quarterbacks get outside and just buy time. They don't have to be Thomas. But again, like Cade is, is more accurate, et cetera. He will nickel and dime his way down the field. What am I like? Thomas threw that one. He was rolling right like 30 yards down the field on a line. Like he's got a cannon. I knew that from seeing him play live in high school and seeing him at UCF. But he's not a guy that I thought would get outside the pocket that much because that's the one thing you do. If you just contain him, He'll make dumb errors, which he did on the one interception. They contained him. He did a jump pass. Terrible decision. Florida State really did not do a good job in helping themselves because when he's got a clear path with his arm strength, he's as good as any quarterback on the planet when he doesn't have to use touch. So that's that's concerning. The last point here in this segment, Norvell discussed the X factor being Will Shipley. Let me define what I think he meant by that. And I'm pretty positive. I know Will from his recruiting time. He's a great, great high school player out of the Charlotte area. This is a young man 
that catches, blocks, and runs in a balanced manner, as well as any running back in the country. Now, obviously, Florida State is familiar with him from last year, but at the same time, more importantly, he's bigger, stronger, and probably a little more in tune with what's going on, just having another spring practice and all that going through it. I expect to see him be not only their bell cow in this game, which is not any surprise, but I look for him in different ways. They've got a kid named Maffa that's a good running back, big back. Florida State and everybody is not going to have much fun tack on him. He's a big dude. They might use him in tandem. There might be some trick plays. I wouldn't be surprised if Shipley had a halfback option. Wouldn't be surprised if they used him on wheel routes. They're going to try to get him in some unconventional ways as well as unconventional formations based on what they've shown so far this year. Just throwing that out there. It's not something that Florida State's going to be shocked by, me saying that or anybody else. But the difference is when I brought up those points about Florida State having one guy out of, out of position, if you don't recognize a foreign nation, maybe it's just because, you know, Clemson out-schemed them on a play. But it can be the difference in winning and losing. So if you don't get it right, yeah, that, that could – that could create some problems. So kind of keep that in mind a little bit. Um, you're not you're not going to be successful very often with that. College football kickoff live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, the depth charts, all the injuries and the game intrigue leading up to each weekend's action here on the Locked On Network. We're going to get insight from the different people like myself from the big games. We're going to talk about all the different things that are going on in college football, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., on all the different YouTube channels on the Locked On Network, including Locked On Seminoles. Again, that's 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Check it out. Um, we're also going to look at something else that's kind of big, in my opinion, going into segment three here. We're going to talk about attitude, kind of a big picture. Just want to mention that before we go into the third segment. Florida State seems to kind of rally it around that. But what do you think? I want you to comment about that. What do you think Florida State's attitude will be Leave me a comment in the YouTube comment section. I'm curious. That's that's something that's important. I, I've got it on my screen for those of you that are watching on YouTube. FSU handling adversity. That's section three. And that's a big deal, man. Because if you don't handle adversity really, really well, there's going to be moments, especially in that first five, 10 minutes against Clemson, that can be the barometer for which you win or which you don't win the football game. So let's let's see kind of how they, they do that and whether or not they can handle all the things that come along with being a major college football program again. Because if they do that, I think they've got more talent than Clemson. And they've definitely got the better quarterback situation. They should win. So segment three is going to be kind of fun. First off, we're going to talk about game time. Flash deals, last-minute tickets. Easy to find, buy tickets, every kind in your area. Images of the seats right on the app. Download the Game Type app, create an account, use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. I have uh, gotten into looking at this app. It is actually pretty fun to use. There's a couple of different Florida State games I was looking at, the Miami game, et cetera. Check it out, ticket prices. It is an easy app to use. There's no way around it. It's straight up very easy whether it's a Virginia Tech game, whether it's the Miami game, whatever you're looking for, you can do that. If you want to go NFL, that's an easy way to rule. NHL, whatever your deal is, concerts, it could be something else, musicals, whatever, the Game Time app. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. 
exclusive flash deals for all the different things that I was just talking about. The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. Find tickets in the section in a row for less somewhere else. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on college, $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use code locked on college for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So, segment three here. This is kind of an, a conundrum for every coach. How do you respond when you get hit with adversity between games? Not during, but between. They survived in the game. They won 31-29. But now you go on the road again and you play arguably the most difficult opponent you'll have this year in the ACC. Time will tell. But certainly one of them in the Clemson Tigers in Death Valley. So how do you think, and this was the question I asked at the end of segment two, how do you think Florida State will handle adversity? Uh, they have a fumble. Clemson hits a 25-yard run, like Shipley breaks a couple of tackles. I mean, he's a great player. He's going to make plays. How will they make way through that first quarter when something doesn't go as planned? That's a huge deal to me. And for some people, it may not be. But I think the majority of teams that win big in college football, just, again, my opinion, the majority of teams that win big in college football, it's important that they just find a way to weather the storm. In a lot of ways, I could wrap up this segment right there on that. I want to use some specific examples that I find very important. But if you can't handle adversity, you sure as heck aren't going to make it at the college football playoff and compete with the likes of Georgia or Michigan. You'll get stomped. So this not only is important for Florida State to get there, but it'll be a barometer for what's coming up. So let's talk about a couple of things. Number one. Obviously, as Norvell mentioned in his press conference, which we talked about segment one, you can't give up all those third down plays. But they're not they're going to give up some. They may not give up eight of 19, but they can't give up the chunk yardage plays on them more than anything else. If, if they've got a third and four and they get five yards, that's one thing. They were getting 20 yards on some of these plays, 30 yards, more. Tackling's got to be better. I would imagine they're probably going to do a little more thud and a little more tackle to the ground this week. I, I don't see how they couldn't. And I also think they're going to be in a situation where they might try some different stuff based on Clemson's personnel. Um, they they got to rely on stopping Shipley first, stop the run. That's the old adage. It's still true. But are they going to show some different things? Because they didn't protect the edge very well last week. And you can guarantee you Clemson has been a humongous RPO team with Davo at the helm. That's not going to change with Klubnik. He can absolutely run it and do it well. Are they going to be able to contain him and get him to the ground without him getting passes off last second? Sound tackling, fundamentals. Then on offense, if they don't get the ball to Keon, big if, early on, maybe they double him, maybe there's just better opportunities, maybe the run game's working. But will they eventually struggle if they can't get Key on the ball and or make chunk yardage plays down the field in the passing game, meaning – the ball travels like 15 yards or more before it reaches Jaheim Bell's hands or whatever player it might be. If you're struggling and you have to nickel and dime because Florida State's used to being a big play offense, 
obviously. Can that wear on you? Yes. Clemson's going to try and force them to make their way down the field, at least at some part in the game. I got a feeling they're going to play soft to test it out. Let's see if they can go 12 plays and 80 yards here. It's not easy. 15 plays and 80 yards, something like that. Florida State certainly has the run game to do it, but that's not the way you want to win. You want to get up there. You want to hit some big plays. we got two potential NFL players at receiver. We want to get the ball down the field. If they take that away, I'm going to be curious to see how FSU responds. And the same with the running game. If it's second and eight all day, that's a whole other animal. But they have to run the ball better than they did against BC, especially in the middle. Norvell kind of sideswiped that one, didn't go into depth, but I, I'm not buying it. I think they need a little more push to this week. And it's Clemson. It's more talent. So that's not a guarantee. Last thing that I will mention before talking about what's kind of going on the rest of the week. Adversity also involves turnovers and sudden change. It goes both ways. Now, the adversity, you think, towards Florida State, and rightfully so. But what about towards Clemson? They got their butts kicked against Duke, and I'm being kind. If Florida State can drop the hammer, let's say they score a touchdown, they get the opening kickoff, they they take the ball and they get the opening kickoff and score. If they can get the first turnover on like a Klubnik interception or something and go up 14-0, why not? It's possible. Can Florida State keep Clemson down? Because they didn't against BC. But will they put the hammer down and make Clemson be a team that feels pressure the rest of the game, even though they're at home? Take the crowd out of the game, all of that. That's an important thing to do. If you get that chance, and it could be in other segments of the game, if they get a chance to go up two touchdowns late in the third, hey, sign up for that. Maybe Klubnik throws a pick six. You don't know. Whatever it is, when you get an opportunity, you must capitalize. This is a much better football team than BC overall, and it's Death Valley, a very, very difficult place to play as an opponent. So something to think about. First off, um, before I go into the very end, let's let's talk about one other thing. The rest of this week, I'm trying to hit a little bit of recruiting. going to talk about some matchups that I like probably on Thursday, going to do a crossover with Damian. It runs the Locked on Clemson podcast. Not sure who's going to host it yet, but we're definitely going to get perspective. I'm going to ask him about injuries. I may have him on this show. I may just go on his. I don't, I'm not sure exactly how we're doing it. Probably kind of share it, but we're going to have a lot of information about Clemson to make sure you're absolutely informed on the matchups and injuries and the things like that to quite frankly change who wins the game. So that's one thing. The other is, thank you once again for making Locked On Seminoles your first listen each day. I enjoy this. I enjoy having you on. I enjoy going through the comments on YouTube. It's a blast. Make sure that you take the time to leave a comment or ask about a podcast you'd like me to do from a standpoint of this being the topic, whatever it may be. If there's somebody you're curious about why somebody's not playing, I'll try to find out information to the best of my ability. I'm more than happy to do that. And please like this podcast, subscribe, hit that notification bell. I'm going to be here as often as I can, bringing you as much seminal news as possible. It's a lot of fun for me again, and I really enjoy it. Thank you, folks, very much. Enjoy the rest of your day.